Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. This is episode 135 featuring Austin Linney, who is a real estate investor, a serial entrepreneur, and a business mindset coach. And he's also the host of the Construct Your Life podcast, which I have had the privilege to be on twice already. So please go check that podcast out. Austin's a good friend of mine. I was excited to have him on and talk about what he does very well, and that is real estate. He's a real estate investor. He's been doing it a long time. I've had real estate investors on the show before, as you all know. You've probably listened to past episodes, but this one is different. The reason it is different is because we are in very different times compared to when I featured those past guests on. Obviously, you all know how the world is today. Interest rates are starting to creep up. We have massive inflation going on right now it's hard the supply chain is all screwed up obviously in construction i i face this each and every day uh there's a lot of different things going on we have war going on we have so many different things that are turbulent uh real estate's hard to come by now obviously properties are selling at all-time highs there's low inventory and the list goes on and on So I wanted to talk to Austin about all these different things and what he is investing in, what he is focusing on in the future. We cover all these topics. We talk about his past life struggles as well. And there's so many different things we touched on. So it was a privilege having him on. Obviously, you all know the routine. Please take the time to rate and review this podcast. It'll take you literally one second just to hit the five star. I really appreciate it you all doing that. If I'm dropping you value, just take the time and also share it with your friends and family. With that being said, guys, thank you again for listening to this week's episode. Let's dive in. Welcome to The Real Build, the show that shows you exactly what you need to look for in construction and real estate. I am your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder, and each week I will teach you exactly what you need to look for, whether you are buying, building, or selling a house. I interview top people throughout real estate and construction, give you a better perspective prior to making one of the biggest investments of your life. I will also discuss my personal experiences as a luxury builder and real estate broker and answer your questions about the process. With that being said, welcome to The Real Build. Austin Linney, welcome to The Real Build. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. You know, I want to say before we get started, is there any guys, I know y'all listen to this podcast a lot. Is there any better person? in the real estate space, Mr. Bill. I don't think so. <laughs> I always a great time talking to you, my man. Yeah, no, I gotta, I, I'm glad to return the favor finally, man. I've been on your show twice. So uh, glad to have you on mine here and uh, talk about what you're doing. You're doing some big things in the real estate world for sure. So uh want to dive into that big time today because of what is going on in the world. I've had a lot of real estate investors on. So I don't want to kind of repeat and sound like a broken record on this show, but times are different from when I had them on. So obviously interest rates are rising. We're seeing uh, less inventory as well still, but property values are a lot higher as well. So where are we going? Construction costs are through the roof. Uh, There's a lot of factors going into this. But before we get into that too, I want to hear about who is Austin Linney. You know, on, uh, I can, the story gets, I can make, we'll move through it really quickly. The, you know, on the surface, you know, uh, my dad was a dentist when I grew up and, you know, I lived in the quintessential neighborhood, you know, uh, across the street from NBA players on the golf course, you know, nothing on the surface, nothing is, is really bad. Um, you know, I just was not engaged in school. It wasn't really my bag. Um, didn't find it challenging. And, and when I was, uh, 17, I was getting in trouble a lot. And my parents said, you know, Hey, you need to go to, you need to go to military school or or you need to go to Beaumont, Texas. And I was like, I don't know where Beaumont is, but it sounds better military school. Let's go there. So, uh, we moved out to the country and then about three months into that, my parents said they were getting a divorce. Uh, but I've never seen them like fight. So I was like, I blame myself for the, for the podcast, for, for the divorce and, and, and labeled myself as the reason it happened. And, you know, started, 
you know, mentally beating myself up, which turned into, you know, um, finding uh, solace in alcohol and, you know, cocaine and, and methamphetamines in, in 1920, 21, and, and just kind of got in you know, was still working and, and doing all the thing, but kind of got in with the crowd that accepted me and, 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 and proceeded to be angry at the world for, for a really, really long time. Um, some things happened where I stayed up for like eight days straight uh, and kind of just like the, the, the wasn't eating, like it was a whole thing. And then like somebody came to me and they're like this, you know, this, you, you're better than this. And, and so I, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I moved where I was, I moved to Austin and you know, I just, I was done with the hard drugs. Like I was just like, I, I was over it. Like I, I kind of ended my rope and, and luckily like I got out and I quit cold Turkey and, and, you know, I haven't looked back, but that didn't mean that alcohol still wasn't there, you know, and, and, and proceeded to, you know, be a functioning alcoholic for, you know, 18 plus years, um, working 80 hours a week, but still, you know, I sold wine for a living. I, I made drinks. I was a master bartender, bar manager, um, and just not really living up to my potential, but still investing in uh, some real estate from time to time. And uh, it wasn't until I joined my first mastermind um, that I got around, you know, high level investors. And they were like, hey, you know, kid, like, man, like, there's something about you that's like magnetism, but you're like all over the place and you're uh, kind of a drunk. Like, so you need to like, you know, they were like, they were like, you can do better, you know, and they believed in me and they said, you know, there's something in you. Um, and so I kind of borrowed these, these older guys that had 35, you know, 150, uh, thousand unit Airbnbs. And, and I was like, I see myself in them, but, but I can't get there, you know, where I'm at currently. And, and, uh, you know, I had a mentor ask me, he said, you know, if it was 10 years from now and you were in a room full of billionaires and you deserve to be there, what's the one thing holding you back? And without flinching or saying, even thinking about it, I said, alcohol. And that kind of planted the seed. And, and I wound up starting an Airbnb management company for buying and managing with two guys who were eight months and, and 11 months sober. And they said, listen, if you've ever thought about it, give it a shot. And so uh, I made it like 26 days and I drank again. And I was so fucking mad at myself because I didn't even enjoy the drink. I was like, this is so stupid. What are you doing? And so I gave myself through Christmas and I got to New Year's and I, it was on January 9th. Uh, three years and three months ago that I stopped completely and, and I've lost oh. 80 pounds and, and my whole life has changed and it, it's been a wild ride and, and it was, it was the best decision I ever did for myself. And um, the trajectory of my life has significantly changed. And, 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 you know, now we can talk about all the cool stuff we're do I'm doing now, but, but, you know, for me, that was really the defining moment. And there's many of rock bottoms, you know, uh, what I didn't tell you is, uh, my parents kicked me out and I was, uh, I slept in a downstairs closet. Like I, it's not a joke. It's not a metaphor. Like I slept in a closet at a friend's house cause there was nowhere else for me to live. And I didn't have a job. I didn't have clothes. I had a bag of clothes and a fan that was it. And, uh, I wound up laying brick and tile in Texas in, in the middle of summer. And you haven't lived until you bricked houses and, and garages in July when it's 120 degrees. And if that doesn't make you want to change your life around, I don't know what will. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, it, your story's pretty crazy. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Uh, and where you are today, obviously too. And like thinking about it too, just a couple of things, like a lot of people don't understand, like, it doesn't matter where you come from. I mean, you obviously came from a family that, you know, I, I read your story too. You had some money. They were living on a golf course. You didn't, your parents did. And a lot of people say, you know, your parents have money must be nice, this and that, but they don't know the true situations of life and what you have to go through and so on. Like you getting kicked out, you being left kind of on your own, having to live in a closet and, and kind of work your way up from the bottom and so on. I mean, uh, we don't think that way. Like I, I came from middle-class family, sorry, my dad was blue collar, came from nothing, worked his way up, but he also instilled in us that we had to work no matter what I, I grew up hearing must be nice, must be nice quite a bit, but they didn't understand the, what I had to face. And a lot of guys know what I had to face. Like I did a post a long time ago about how I always had to work. And a lot of guys that were on my football, high school football team and knew me in college and stuff like that. They're like, yeah, you're spot on with this post. Like, 
we remember you having to leave to work after uh, after practice on early practice on a Saturday and you would go to work and work all day while everybody else would go have fun. You know, it's just that's the way it always was, was I just always had to work hard, put my head down. And that's where I got why I'm at where I'm at, too. And we've all had our challenges throughout life, too. We've all had to figure out, OK, what do I need to do to level up? What do I need to do to get myself to the next level? With me, I talk about my divorce. I got a divorce. I was being held back quite a bit in a lot of different ways. I've talked about this in the past, and I had to make the decision to cut tie, you know, divorce the person I was with to level up and and get ahead and move up because I was being very held back. And now I'm with somebody polar opposite that pushes me, that you know, wants me to succeed. Uh, you know, I talk about selling our house. I'm like, I can make money on this house. I want to sell it. She's like, whatever. I don't really want to sell the house, but whatever you got to do to get us to where our dreams are and where we got to be, do it. That's the type of person in my corner now. So it's just, it's crazy. These things that happen in life, you know, I'm, I didn't know that same for me. Yeah. So 13 year marriage divorced. So Uh, it's really funny how similar I, you and I both just got re-engaged. Yeah. With, with yeah. the polar opposites, right? Yeah. And, and, and you know, uh, my coach said this to me. And this was kind of like the spear in the heart, like middle, you know, right before we got divorced. He said, he says, you know, you make me proud every day. And I'm like, what? What, what are you talking about? And he goes, he goes, dude, you're doing all this. You're, you're crushing real estate and you're networking and you're creating businesses. And you're doing all this with somebody at home that's not supportive. Mm-hmm. He goes, imagine how high you would fly if you had full support. Oh, yeah. And I was like, fuck. That was, <laughs> was kind of like, that was kind of like it, right? And, 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 and what's interesting is back to your previous point. That's the reason that I didn't share my story for many years, because I didn't have the family that was mm-hmm. negative. I didn't think I had a place to share my story because I wasn't abused, you know, the abuse was on myself, you know, yeah. and, and, and what you have to realize, and I have a good friend who beat cancer twice at 26 years old. And I had him on the podcast. And at the end of the podcast, I said, Hey man, you know, I, my, I, I can't relate to you because you, you fought death off. And he goes, Hey man, your struggles are your struggles. And my struggles are my struggles. He goes, don't you dare compare yourself to me. And he goes, remember that big doors swing on small hinges. And he goes, so whatever you went through is your shit, own it and just move on. And I think if everybody takes that lesson with them, and as long as you reach out to somebody, if you're, if you're silently struggling right now, just because you think you don't have a leg to stand on, remember that there's people out there that understand. Yeah. And I, I 1000%, that's awesome. But I, it's, we've all, we've all had struggles, no matter what, some harder than others. And, and some come from different situations and, and worse situations than others as well. But we all face what we have to face in life. Life ain't easy. And, and a lot of people don't know what you, what you faced until you tell your story, like you are like today and explaining what you went through. You know, I, I've told mine, I've, I've, you know, been vulnerable and, and, talked about the things that I went through in life too. Nobody has really that cushy life all the way to the top. I mean, they never do. There's stuff that you, there's a lot of stuff you don't know about certain people too, because they haven't shared it. But I mean, everybody comes from certain, I mean, some people come from better situations. They get trust funds, stuff like that. That ain't me. <laughs> you know, that ain't you, uh, you know, and, and, I, I don't knock that, but it's just, there's, there's, I've literally had to put in the work my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the way my dad was growing up too. He came from nothing. He was on, out on his own, like yourself at our early age and kind of, you know, after going to war and stuff like that, had to kind of come out, um, from nothing and work his way up. And that's what he instilled in us. So, um, love it, man. Uh, let's talk about your real estate a little bit. Like, why out of everything you could have done, I know you talked about it kind of when you were, when you were talking about your, in the original, uh, what we were just talking about, but why, why real estate? Why not do something different? Why not, you know, get into construction or something else? Why'd you end up in real estate? It's happening. So don't even worry (laughs) about that. You know, what's interesting is I think that a lot of people, and this is about to be super controversial, like real estate is, 
fucking boring. It's boring as shit. And like, <laughs> and, 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 and I love it. And I think it was a, 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 a way in and, and, you know, but I, I think life is, it, it boils down to, you have to test it out. And, 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 you know, we bought some single family residence. We've done Airbnb at scale and hotels and we've done everything. And what I find that I enjoy more is, is who I'm doing business with. And, you know, we're focused, uh, we're putting a plan together right now to, to purchase service businesses and, and scale out and, and hire jobs and business consult them and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's all stuff that's going to service the real estate that we're already doing. And we're just going to be our own vendors and stuff like that. But in my opinion, just from a real estate point of view, you know, it's, it's a very tangible physical asset that can be done anywhere. Uh, and, and when you start knowing the numbers, it can really create, you know, if I just look at my first three purchases, right? Like I, I, like, let's be honest, I, I was shooting darts. Like, I, I mean, I had a theory, but it really didn't matter. And if I look at the three properties, you know, I had, uh, in four years, I had $397,000 in equity. Plus those were all making money during Airbnb. So I'm like, okay. So like, I, I thought to myself, I was walking down a street in LA after we, I gave one up in the divorce, I sold one and then I sold another one. And I was walking down the street and I was running the numbers in my head. And I said, you know what, dude? I said, what's more important to you? The equity you gave away in the divorce, the equity, the equity that you made, the cash that you made, or the fact that you executed something from start to finish, you bought it right, you ran it right, you dealt with all the problems, and now you have a foundation that's unstoppable to do whatever you want to do. And now we're buying million dollar properties in the Smokies to flip. And if I wouldn't have done those first, I would be like literally like so nervous I couldn't even pull it off. But now that we have, you know, I think the confidence from executing those properties from start to finish is way more important than any money you'll make. Mm -hmm. So when you say we who are you're talking about, you have partners and yeah, so so we actually started a, a short-term rental fund. We used to have a I used to have a management company with two guys where we were managing properties for everybody in seven states across you know multiple uh, cities, and and that was great. But I didn't love the lifestyle that it did to me. It was it was, it was very time intensive, and I was getting a hundred messages a day, and it was just not what I wanted to do because I'm a lifestyle guy. And so uh, we I met these two guys. Um, I, I've kind of been like shying away from the Airbnb space because I've been building some businesses and, and focused on my coaching. And, and I really wanted to find the right opportunity. Uh, you know, okay. for me, like Airbnb is great, but if it's going to take up all my time, I don't want to do it. It's more of a lifestyle play for me. And, and I love the investors that are in it. So uh, we found, um, I found this guy who's, who's, who's a friend of mine who's run a fund before. And he's like, dude, I've always wanted to get in the space. I don't know much about it, but I know the fun stuff and I have connections. And then we teamed up with my buddy who's worked in Wall Street and works in the mortgage business and has ties to Smokies and everything. And, and we said, what if the three of us got together and because we have such diverse backgrounds and such networks that we would team up and just crush this. And so uh, we got one under contract. We just formed like a couple months ago, like two months ago. And so we had another one that would probably get under contract this week. Um, and then we're looking at development and stuff like that. And, and what we're going to do is it's a it's a hybrid fund. It's a kind of a syndication per property on a fund platform kind of thing. So, but what we're going to do is the investors that are going to be with us, we're going to teach them Airbnb too. So like, mm -hmm. I'm going to consult and teach you. So not only are you going to be able to invest with us and learn from the inside out, I'm going to show you how to go do it on your own too, because we have to, we have to understand that nothing that you hold in this world is sacred. Like if you have information and you have knowledge, like share it. Like yeah. teach people like, and, and so that's my favorite thing to do. People call me three times a week to co-host their property. I'm like, why? Like I could just teach you in like an hour to do it yourself with technology and you can save, you know, 2000 bucks a month. And so, you know, that's one of the businesses that's a big focus for me. Um, we have decided to go this route. Um, I've done all the properties, the two ones, the apartments, the hotels, I've done them. Um, we're going luxury. We're going high end and we're going in concentrated markets. So meaning that, uh, where we know there's travelers, we know people mm -hmm. will stay, and then we're picking great markets like South Florida, Texas, uh, Smoky Mountains, Blue Ridge. We're picking markets that we know we're going to pay a little bit more, but here's what they don't talk about in the short-term rental space that's the biggest hiccup that people nobody pays attention to. Does the area that you are buying in have the infrastructure and the people to support it? 
Mm. So like, let's take a Tahoe, right? Tahoe is an amazingly beautiful place. It's really beautiful. But guess what? It's so expensive that the cleaners have to drive like an hour away. Yeah. So you don't really have infrastructure. You don't have maintenance. You don't have this. And so, but in the Smokies, Blue Ridge, South Florida, like these, this is what this area is. They do that. This is what they do. So you have all the cleaners, all the handyman. And so that really allows you to, to manage from afar because none of us live anywhere near the Smokies. One's in Florida, one's in New Jersey. I'm wherever I am at. So, so it really is a leveraging, um, you know, the people of the area because the most important person in the project is the cleaner. Yeah. I mean, that is interesting, too, because when you say the the infrastructure and having everybody nearby and so on, it makes sense. Because if if you're doing Airbnbs, you're doing weekly rentals, you're going to need all that constant turn and everybody needs to be close by to, you know, take care of the property. And uh, it makes a lot of sense, especially South Florida and so on, too. Um uh, it, it's real interesting. And now you're going towards more towards the luxury end as well. Do you, are you going more towards the luxury end on the rental just because of the way the rates are going, the way the market's shifting? Uh, you know, the money's going to be there. It's, it's more, I like to, when I get in an asset, I like to have as many options as possible. But more importantly, it's, it's more about the guest that's uh, showing up there. Yeah. The level, the level of guests, the level of headaches is not on the exclusive high end, which is like a five to you know ten million dollar property, which is a white glove service. You know, even in the two million ranges, the white glove service. We're we're from about six hundred to like one point five. Uh, is going to be families, um, groups of people, just a little better clientele. Uh, but also, um, one of the things that we're looking at is is that understanding that our mission as a fund is this: we're going to create wealth for our investors and ourselves, and assess every opportunity for its opportunity. And what I mean by that is the Airbnb short-term rental market is so hot right now mm-hmm. and people can't find anything. We're also looking at taking the property, remodeling it, furnishing it, designing it, setting it up on a platform and then selling it, everything included, mm-hmm. right? Because, because you look at people that want to get in the space, we're finding off-market properties all the time because we have the connections. They can't do it. Yeah. So not only not only can we do that, but what we're also going to do is I'm also going to sell my management company with it if they want it. So we'll uh, make money off the remodel, we'll make money off the sale, and then we can make monthly income. So kind of, you know, like you do in your businesses, like catching the money three or four different times. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that is a great idea because you can't find them. And then people, as far as the rentals too, they're so booked up, especially down here. Uh, it's such a great, I mean, it, it you was. You want to know what, you want to know what I heard the other day? This is a really good model. And I think it was happened down in South Florida. I was talking to another big Airbnb guy. He has a mentor who has like a hundred Airbnbs. What he's doing is he's buying a house, three car garage. He's taking a three car garage and he's turned it into a bedroom. He's furnishing the whole place. He's booking it out for three months on Airbnb. So they already have bookings. And then he's selling the property for like a 200%. Jeez. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> no, but because because think about it, right? Here's the deal. If you can always find properties, then you always have deals, right? And yeah. so why do we need the money right now? Because I'm more worried about the cash because it allows us freedom to kind of maneuver, right? Because he, here's the biggest issue I have with Airbnb. You're trying to take a property that wasn't built for it, and you're trying to squeeze Airbnb into it. So yeah. I'm going to go the other way around. We're going to build the property straight up for Airbnb. And my idea is to have a property that has four masters. Mm-hmm. So, so then like four couples could stay and like, you know, then you could sell that turnkey or, and, and so like, there's just, there's a lot of opportunity um, when you're seeing numbers, like you're seeing in the feverish in the market to, to like, I always look at everything playing the long game. And I think everybody's looking at it for transaction to transaction, but does this make the most sense for our company and how we need to pivot right now? You know, if we were to have 500K or a million in the bank cash, you know, we've got a lot of room to maneuver quicker than, than us trying to piece together this lender and, and this private yeah. and, and so we're just looking at, you know, letting the market dictate how we operate and then having six different options to, to, to pull off that. And that's, well, that's how I like to operate. Let's talk about the market dictating too, like, because I brushed on this a little bit is with higher interest rates, higher, uh, with less inventory, with um, 
obviously with inflation uh, happening, get higher gas prices. You don't see that affecting the travel, the investing that you're doing. And what you're seeing right now, and this is something that nobody talks about with higher gas prices means higher uh, uh, plane tickets because, you know, they, they yeah. get gas too. What we're seeing in the markets is regional travel, even though gas prices are high, is the number one travel. So that means think about investing in any area in a two and a half hour to three hour radius from a major metropolitan. So, mm-hmm. you know, Knoxville is an hour from uh, Smokies. Uh, Nashville is two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blue Ridge Mountains, you got an hour to Atlanta. You know, Tampa, Clearwater. So you're seeing more staycations than ever. And you're seeing more three to two hour travel than ever. And that's been a trend for the last year and a half. So, you know, all of this is, you know, I'm kind of a nerd with this and it's mainly talking to people. I love to watch people's buying patterns, travel patterns, and kind of like gauge off of that. Um, You know, I have a buddy uh, in Austin, which Austin is basically like pretty much illegal to do Airbnb. And so he shifted to doing 30 uh, day stays and he's at 92% occupancy. Like, so like there's a market for almost everything. And, and sometimes because the data is so skewed in so many different directions, some of the times you just have to try, like you really have to try and then understand that the insulated market on the luxury side in a, in a place like the Tennessee and the Smokies and South Florida is a little insulated from the rate hikes and everything, because those people can afford those stays and they're still going to travel. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat. And that's why I really can't stand the, this question. Um, you know, well, where should I buy and what should I do? I'm like, dude, there's, that's like a 16, you know, que- you know, 16 subline question. Like, what's the property like? Where's the location? Why would, you know, the number one thing that people need to do is like, what's the why of the property? Like, why would people stay there? If you can answer that question, then we have a place to start. It makes sense because you're if you're questioning, okay, should I buy outside of Tampa uh, in a in a rural area or whatever um, versus somewhere closer? Where, where's, in your, where's your cleaners going to come from? Once again, That's, I go back to that. Point. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, if you're going to buy outside of Miami and like Homestead, and then they're going to have to drive all the way to my. It just it may, it makes sense. And then, but people's question, uh, well. Here's another question you probably get too: Is well, real estate's at an all-time high. What, where, why would we invest? Should we just wait? Should we? That's why we're adding our own value. That's why we're going in and buying a property. And yeah, it's going to be a little more work on the front end, but we're, you know, we're 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 going to have a gap of you know 150 to 300. What about the what about the crash? Everybody keeps talking about. (laughs) Agreed, agreed. But I can't operate my life in that because I think that ultimately, if you buy right. And you add value. I think I think you're going to be okay. Uh, if it crashes, it crashes. I mean, look. Like, at the end of the day, look. I, dude, I've got tons of mentors that worth thirty million dollars that lost everything uh, in two thousand eight. Were Uber and cars, and now they're worth like thirty million. And they were buying when their own. Like my buddy says, he was buying buying when his own blood was in the street. You know, the people that are going to get caught are the people that are buying too many damn properties, the people that are over leveraged with private lenders. Like that should be the, you know, it's it's so quickly how we forget. Like, yeah. you know, like, like I just won't put myself in that position because let it be known that I will literally go work at McDonald's to pay my investors back everything they're owed because that's not me and I'll take the loss. And that's just the way I operate. And I just had to do that um, the other day on a deal that that didn't go good and I had to fork out the money to make my investor whole. Um, but that was like a bad deal with bad partners and I'm not doing business with them anymore. Right. And so like, I learned my lesson, but like, I'm not gonna, it's, it's very important to me. Um, we're not going to lose any money, but it's very important to me that that investor is taken care of. And, and, and that's all that matters because I know, you know, this like reputation is everything, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and, and, and that to me is the only currency that exists in this world. And, and so we're, we have to make sure that we protect that. And we have to make sure that we're buying good deals. I don't. I don't know how much you play around, and you probably don't play around in the multifamily space at all. But, but I know a lot of the operators in the space. And in, in in my opinion, here's how I view a good operator: if he's somebody I can invest 100k with and not even look at the deal because I know he cares that much about his investors, and why would he tear up his reputation? And that's the guy I want to be a business. With. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and so the properties that we're looking at right now, the floor for us, for our investors is 20% cash on cash return. And, but we're seeing mainly in the 30 to 35%. So, I mean, dude, somebody that's best invested in the stock market or, or whatever, you know, mutual fund, they're like, dude, this is, yes, let's go to town. And so because we're giving that so much room and giving that investor such a great return and allows us a little more freedom to maneuver. And I think you have to give yourself that to, to kind of operate. I mean, the, the, the question that I'm sure you get asked is, do you think there is a crash coming? And if there is, when? And I mean, it's hard to predict. We all wish we had a crystal ball for this too, but I don't personally see it going like it did in 2008. I mean, I just don't see it doing that. There's so much demand, so much demand for housing still right now as we speak. So will there be a pullback? That's kind of been my thoughts on it. Obviously, you know, it could go polar opposite of it, but will there be a little more stabilization in the market? Probably. I think these crazy prices are going to stop, you know, because they keep going up and up and up. And I, and I think it'll come to a halt at some point, stabilize and maybe drift down a little bit, but I don't see it going like this. So what do you, what do you think on that? When, what are you seeing on your end? There's just, there's just too big of a gap between housing that we need and what, yeah. what we have. I mean, and, and, and so I agree with you hundred percent. I, dude, I'm begging for a slowdown. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I would love to catch your breath, you know, and, and I would love for these sellers to like check their egos at the door. I can't yeah, even tell true. you the, the negotiations we're dealing with right now. Like they just won't even respond to us. And I'm like, dude, like we're giving you a good price, you know? And so, uh, and we just won't pay full price out of, out of principle, but that's a whole nother story. But, uh, yeah, I just don't see it in the demand. And, and, and here's the deal. I also stick my nose in places I should be. Like, yeah. I think I think, I think, think that a lot of people operate on speculation and I'm operating on pure facts from numbers. And, and I think that's where you where you get caught. You know, like it's just, um, but who am I? You know, I mean, I, dude, I left Austin eight years ago and I've told, I, I thought it was going to crash back then and it has only done nothing but go crazy. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, nobody knows. But I, if I were just to guess that there's too much demand for housing and that's why I'm very adamant about getting into the construction development space because I think that's going to play in our favor over the next 30 years. That's why I'm very adamant about, you know, we're finding the right contractors. We're, we're trying to find the right guy to, to do business with. Uh, because there is opportunity because I understand that those properties that I'm going to create and develop on Airbnb, they're never going to hit the market. I'm selling direct to investors. Yeah. So like, they're never going to hit the market. So we're not going to pay realtor fees. We're not going to have to worry about all that stuff. Like I'm, I'm going to sell directly off my network. And so it's a, it's a win-win for, for everybody involved and, and, and to bring the contractor on board with us, you know, and to share in some of the equity, like it's a, it's a, it's a win for the whole team. Why not? Why not switch the mindset to annual rentals or year longs or long terms? Because I, I was thinking about this too. There's just none. There's none out there because everybody's doing vacation rentals now. They're doing thirty day short terms and so on. So why you would think? Because especially down here, it's hard for people to be able to afford to live down in this area. And they're having to drive. A lot of our subcontractors are having to drive from Fort Myers, Cape Coral and so on and drive all the way down here an hour to work, hour and a half to work. And it's like, you start thinking about that. It's, you know, that's, that's where I think you, you take a different, I think you take, we've already, we've talked about this in Tahoe. I think you take a different route. And if I were you in the amount of businesses that you had, I would either construct or I would buy an existing small hotel or a small multifamily, and I would turn that into employee housing and bring that in a, a package uh, like you're offering your tenants, and maybe they pay a better price. And I think that this right here that you're talking about is more of a problem than anybody's talking about. Like, mm -hmm. they're, like people are driving an hour and forty five minutes to go work yeah. in, in Tahoe. So uh, the casinos, the like, they're trying to fix this problem. And I think you know, especially for somebody like you that's going to have multiple companies. It's definitely something that needs to be addressed. And, and I really think that as we move on as employees, especially large employers, I think this is going to be part of the uh, employee package. It's yeah. like giving you a good place to live, you know, and, and at a decent price. And maybe you break even on this and it's a write-off, but it, but at least your team's happy and they're, they're closer to work and all this kind of stuff. So so the, the opportunity cost is so much higher on that for you.
Yeah, because I was thinking about that. It just makes sense. I mean, obviously, with we have a lot of subcontractors that we use and stuff like that, but it's like all of them are driving from Fort Myers and stuff like that. And it's the cost of gas and fuel and we're having to pay and they're having, they're getting paid more obviously as well. So that is costing more on our end, on the labor end of things as well mm-hmm. too. So it's like, you start thinking, cause there's just no personally for myself, I was thinking about selling my house and looking for an annual rental just for the time being to see how this market shakes out and then I build something when, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to build right now, but cause we're a little too crazy with what we have and so on. But, uh, I was thinking about that and there's just nothing on the annual rental basis, especially that'll take two dogs like I got. So, uh, it's just crazy. I was thinking about that and it's just, everybody is vacation rental driven down here. Everything's a vacation rental. And you're like, almost like, well, if you're all doing vacation rentals and then you all leave, you're all using your vacation rentals in season most of the time personally, and then you all leave for the summer, yeah, there's going to be a yeah, lot of vacation I, rentals and, sitting and, around and, here. And, here, <laughs> and here's, the, here's the weird thing. I actually don't like that we're so hot on vacation rentals. And I know yeah. I'm in this, I know I'm in the space, but like, I don't. That's I all mean, there think, is here. Well, I think there's a lot of things that need to be addressed that aren't talked about. Yeah. And, and like, we're leaving today to drive to Maine and I got a hotel. Well, why'd you get a hotel, Austin? because the fees are out of freaking control on airbnb like you know like this state tax and this tax and now they're taxing the host 14 percent. and like so there's a lot of things that are going to shake out over the next couple years that that people aren't paying attention to and that's why i'm you know that's why i'm leaving myself options to to develop sell like manage because i just don't think that we've seen you know um here's here's what scares me we haven't even seen the institutional guys at scale get into that short-term rental market. And once they do look out, yeah, like, you know, and so like, I worry about a, a place like Tampa. I worry about a place like, you know, the Smokies has been this way for 50 plus years. So they're pretty much used to it. Um, but these are things that I think about on a constant basis. And so, you know, I don't put all my eggs in one basket cause I don't think that that's the way to go, but, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely concern for a lot of conversations and I, I'm more worried about, the affordable housing route uh, for employees and staff than I am about anything. I think if somebody can, somebody can wrap their arms around that and, you know, whether it be an RV park or a mobile home, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. like perfect example, my mom lives in Beaumont, Texas, which is Port Arthur and, and on the Louisiana border, they've got $15 billion worth of uh, work contracts for the next 10 years. And if you have an RV park there within two minutes of you opening you're booked out for four years. Everybody pays for four years and there's a you know waiting list of a thousand people. Wow. Like, and so the quickest solution to fix the housing crisis are RV parks. Well, guess what? Nice neighborhoods don't want RV parks. Mm-hmm. So where are they going to go? You know, so these are the things that I think about on a daily basis. You know, I, I, that's where I would like to play in. Uh, you know, we're talking about doing RV parks with like cabins and airbnbs and that's kind of what i see in texas is kind of like a hybrid model and like people are staying out there and stuff but yeah i mean it's very interesting you know we, we're in an rv right now and we go around and you see a lot of families at the rv parks and you know it makes me think maybe maybe they're you know enjoying or maybe they love paying the 30 bucks a day i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah I, it's it's something to consider i mean it's just even with the housing too, like building, you know, like a duplex or something like that. It's just because they're saying that there was a news thing that said they, in Naples alone, the average rental for small rental is like $2,000 a month, which is crazy. And so you start thinking, okay, you do a duplex, offer that. I mean, people are willing to pay it to be down here and people need, a lot of people are, st- I mean, these restaurant workers are just, it's, they, I don't know. I don't even know if they're struggling because the amount of money foods costs now in restaurants. And I hope they're getting tipped out well and how much they're working because how many people are living down here now as well. But uh, they're probably making good tips and so on, I hope. But um, it's just something I always think about, too. It's like, you know, when we find a little bit more time, that'd be something obviously to start considering, you know, when we don't have 22 houses going and so on so uh but uh for now that's what i'm focused on is the construction and the houses we got going but it's it's always interested me how there's everything is so season driven here like it's turned into that almost fully 
in weeklies and 30 days and so on because we're in our season now and we kind of go through easter and then summertime comes a lot of people go back up north very seasonal down here and it's like how's our summer market gonna be too i have a buddy in boca who over time uh bought a couple condos and over time has bought this entire complex he owns 46 units he has an apartment complex he does days months uh and and weeks rentals and i think he said he's at 97 percent occupancy the entire year he has people that have come back for 15 years that rent for three months at a time and he's like dude i can't he's like i don't even need to put it on airbnb like i'm just yeah. you know he does he does but like yeah i mean that's just an example of like it's crazy man yeah yeah there's definitely he's getting, he's getting he's getting really good money and and to be honest with you like the units aren't bad but they're nothing to like they're not amazing you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, the, so it's, the, it, yeah. the demand's huge. I mean, because if even on Marco Island, you look at the hotel prices now, they're getting like 1200 a night at the Marriott. It's in, it's just so people yeah. are like, we can get a family in a house and rent a house for a lot less. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's, it's definitely a thing. Trust me. We're, 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 we're outside of Boston right now and everything's just, you know, even the, the cheap hotels are, are not cheap. So. It's yeah. like, well, you want, is all this money going to ever dry, dry up that all these people are spending or what? Because <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> I don't know. People are weird. You're like, I, I need to I, go on more vacations seeing yeah, all these try, people around here. Yeah, I try to keep my life pretty lean and simple. That's my philosophy. That's the way I am. I'm not much of a go on vacation all the time, too, and stuff like I'm Because I'm always working. Every time I do go on vacation, I get the million phone calls about mm-hmm. something that needs to get done. And then I'm like, oh, I should go on vacation all the time because yeah. stuff always happens happens when you leave yeah exactly so anyway um let's talk about i wanted to get your opinion too on the real estate side of the future of it obviously in tampa area you know i think they sold a house uh for an as an nft uh mm-hmm. also real estate and metaverse is mm-hmm. becoming popular as well yeah. Are you going to get involved in that? How are you seeing that happen? Are you going to be putting on the headset and playing it's, landlord? Uh, what do you What do you think? So it's, it's you- really It's really funny that you say that because I actually coach an entire company, uh, eighteen employees, who's uh, in the meta universe, crypto NFT space. Uh, I've been coaching the CEO for a bit. Now I coach the whole company, and we're actually going into business together. We just signed our first client yesterday. Uh, I, I, I wait till the, the, the ink dries to, to announce it, but it basically he's a former MLB player, three-time all-star, super excited. Um, and we are going to do his NFT project and, uh, nice. we're super excited, but that's not what I'm excited about the most. I think I'm going to become an NFT like for my podcast and we're working on that and all that stuff. And I see the tangible asset, but what I'm more excited about is, um, I'm looking at, uh, we're, we're in process. I, I've got a phone call with a guy in like two days. Uh, about creating a blockchain fund to invest in real estate. And basically we would be a fund of a funds uh, where we would give money to operators, builders, and and kind of be the bank for them. And um, the reason I'm excited about this is I believe that education and options are everything, right? And so you're creating a system that's decentralized um, that, that anybody can invest in. And we're going to create a community we're, we're not only are you invested in the fund that I'm going to teach you mindset, real estate, you know, we're going to, we're going to connect you with other great people and, and just kind of create this ecosystem of amazing people doing different things. Now I'll be the first one to say, I've only really been in this space for the last like six, seven months and I'm swimming in deep waters 90% of the time. <laughs> but, but I do know that, that, that it's after one thing, all these things are after one thing, community based with no censorship. That's all they're after. Like, let me be who I want to be. And we're down and we're really smart. And what I'm trying to figure out is you got all these guys who were invested really early in crypto and they can't get their money out. How do we take their money? Because they want to invest in short-term rentals or they want to invest in long-term assets, apartments. How do we take their money, convert it into a physical asset so they can de-risk some of their crypto portfolio? And that's what we're focused on right now. I mean, it's it's a crazy space. I don't understand it. I've really dug deep into it. I, and, and I was like, I've had thoughts about it and like, okay, how can I become a builder in the, in the you know, in the metaverse we, we world? Talked about, we talked about uh, meta universe short-term rentals. So it's definitely on the docket, you know? I yeah. mean, I don't know, you know, are you going to put on the VR goggles and go to a cabin in Tahoe? I don't know. You know yeah. but it's, something to talk, it's something to talk about. 
I mean, that's, I mean, people might be doing that. You never know. We live in a crazy world too. It's like, when's, when they're going to, when's the next pandemic going to happen? When's the, this going to shut everything down? Or, you know, it's just, it's, we live in this crazy world of what's next, but there's always opportunity out there too. This is an opportunity and the people that are there early are obviously going to win at that opportunity. So it's just figuring out, okay, you know, how can I, build something a portfolio in there but it's just weird i don't i don't know Reality's reality to me too obviously people are well, always going to need a roof over their head i i think i think we have to be careful and this is something that we yeah. talk about on a daily basis i think i think i think that all this stuff is exciting and i and we're having conversations and we're talking about it um but but i still have businesses to run i still have things yeah. to do you know and so like i think i think you can do both i don't think you need to freak out and, and go all in you can, you're happy to go you do whatever you want i don't really care um, but you know, for me, I, I'm more excited about talking to high level people and their minds and, and what they're doing. And, and they're cool. You know, they're like uh, all the people at the company are fucking crazy smart, like way, you know, building code and all this stuff. And I'm like, they're just great people to be around. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, it's nice to be around there. Um, we, you know, it, it's really odd to see you as an NFT. They sent me mine yesterday <laughs> and I'm like, it's kind of funny. And, and so I, you know, I'm like, I'm all about it. Like if we're creating it and what I do like, that I think is super important and built into all these companies is a space for charity. Like we're giving a lot of the money away. And I think that's what I do like about like all of this stuff is it seems to be really driven off, off of, from a good place. And obviously there's scammers out there and all that stuff, but it seems to be driven from a good place. At least the people I work with and I'm, I'm super excited about the opportunities. That's awesome. Yeah. I I'm, I've been looking at it. Obviously, my main focus, like you just said, is the real world right now, building the business, the building business, because we're always going to have to build houses and put actual roofs over people's heads. And then eventually, you know, we'll get into the building digital roofs over people's heads, too, at some point. <laughs> so, hey, hey, the ROI and, and profit gap on that is like killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's I want to talk about before we wrap this up. Uh, I want to talk about your mindset coaching that you're doing. Uh, obviously, you're doing you have a coaching side of things as well. You're also coaching in real estate. So let's touch on that. You know, minds you have you're doing coaching. How's that going? What are you doing with it? Where are you at? Yeah, it's going great. You know, I I wasn't planning on it. That's that's for that's for sure. I, I had a I had it out farther. Uh, I was working private equity and I got laid off during COVID. And uh, had a buddy ask me, and he was like, "I'm going to pay you to hold me accountable." And I was like, "No, you're not." And then, uh, but that kind of spawned off to to the coaching, and it's kind of it's taken off. It's 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 really something that I love. I'm, born to do and and I, I just i love it and it, it's really interesting because each person has a different reason uh why they need it right and so i think what's super important is i've got guys who are building health insurance companies i got guys who are brokers wholesalers builders uh i got meta universe guys i got all walks of life 23 or you know 42 a lot of my guys um are like 35 to 45 they they're making probably 1 million to 4 million a year. They got the house, they got the boat and they're asking me a simple question. Is this it? I'm not happy. Like, is this it? And they feel like they're kind of like stuck. Like they built up this thing and they got the money and it's supposed to be the thing. And they're like, I have no fulfillment or I'm unhealthy. And Mm so, you know, what, what I'm selling, it's really hard to quantify, but like we're looking to create a better version of yourself where you're fulfilled, you're happy, you're healthy, your relationship with your spouse, your kids are great. And then you maybe by doing that, we're going to open up more business opportunities because you're happy and healthy. And it's just something that I'm extremely passionate about. And uh, my clients are crushing it. Like uh, I just tell this story that happened yesterday. I got a 24 year old kid that I've been coaching for a long time who's an agent who his goal was to sell 12 to put together $12 million worth of real estate in this year. And he did it in 10 weeks. Wow. So he had to rewrite his goals. So we're rewriting his goals, which is a good thing. And so, you know, it's just such a joy and a a privilege to be able to be invested in somebody else's life and fully support them. Um, And it's, we've create our identity based on our beliefs of who we think we are. And the problem is, is that the beliefs of who you think you are are predicated on somebody else's views. Mm-hmm. And so part of the goal 
is to clear out all the noise, clear out all the mess and get down to really it is that you want to do. And then once we built that, then we get to work. And so, you know, I, I talked to a guy yesterday, brand new client yesterday, doesn't read, wakes up at 745 and has like 20 things that he needs to do that he's been putting off three weeks. Yeah, that ain't going to work for me. So, so now we're reading, you know, now he, he did three things that he needed to do yesterday. He's like, man, that was so simple, but I feel amazing. And so like, boom, that's going to correlate in his job and his investing and all these things. And so it really is just holding somebody accountable. And, you know, I've been through my own trials and tribulations, so I could spot it really quickly. Um, and, and we're doing some business consulting and, and we're doing stuff like that. And I just love strategy. I love business. I love, you know, I'm an out of the box thinker and, you know, you ever seen the movie, Tim cup. Mm-hmm. Okay. I use that line all the time when he talks about putting his hat on backwards and putting change in his right pocket and all that stuff. Like, that's what people need. Like they just can't get out of their own way. And by, by getting somebody in your life or, or changing your thought process or doing this, you're, you're creating a momentum to, to kind of think some, somewhere different and, and, and understanding that we don't have anything. If we don't have our health, we don't have anything. You don't, you don't have anything. And your business or whatever you're doing doesn't even matter if you're not healthy. And so, yeah. you know, I'm having to ream some guys cause they're not focused on it right now. And I'm like, how can you think clearly if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not, if you're not reading in the morning, you're not pouring into yourself. And so, yeah, it's a little bit of everything, but, but I just love it so much. It makes sense. I mean, ever I was probably that's, or I was that 745 wake up guy with a ton of stuff to do and, and, uh, a lot on my mind and, you know, not reading, not doing the things that I needed to do until I got mentors and started pushing myself and doing different things. And now I'm waking up early. I always go to the gym in the morning. Uh, I need the gym uh, to actually function and start my day and so on. And uh, I'm trying to implement more things, wake up earlier and, and starting to see kind of the morning as uh, is very important versus staying up late at night. I used to be kind of that guy that would stay up late, wake up, wake up a little later too. But um, I started now I'm earlier and staying up later. So less sleep. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what can't be messed with? You know what literally cannot be fucked with? Cannot be messed with consistency. It destroys yeah. everything. Destroys everything. All your Im- imposter syndrome, all the business deals. It, dude, it is a buzzsaw that literally can change your entire life. And yeah. 90% of my clients have no consistency. Yeah. No, no consistency in who they are, no consistency in their vision and no consistency in what they're doing daily. And so we fix that. We fix everything. And that's my number one focus. I agree. I agree. It's like with 75 hard now I'm doing it a second time and it's like, you're consistent. I mean, obviously I have less time to do my edits, all that kind of stuff that I usually do have because I get home from work and read, read, and then I, I got to do an outdoor walk and then eat dinner. And then by the time you blink, it's time to go to bed again. So, but I'm trying to keep up with everything else I got too, but there's no excuses. You can't make excuses. You just got to figure it out, fit it in, get the work done and so on. But what 75 hard always does to me is it kind of those consistent things that I get off track with, they bring, it brings it back and it helps me realized because you get so clear with it of what I was missing, what I wasn't doing and what, what I need to shift to, to get back to where I was or, and, and selling real estate and construction and all that stuff too. But it also clarifies, okay, what's the next step to build the company. And, and it's just, it's weird. It's just, every time I do it, I just get back on track. And that's why I've done it like once a year too. Um, you know, but it's, it's like you said, consistency is so important. It's huge. It's something that you need to do. Uh, and it's everything. It really is everything. So this guy, sure. this guy I follow has like six businesses. He crushes real estate. This dude's a killer. Um, he tweeted this the other day. He said, you want to know my favorite asset class? Me. <laughs> he, he goes, books, mentors, relationships, judgment. He says, the sharper I am, the better yield on everything I touch. Yeah. It's, it's the truth, man. I, here's the deal. I don't have an option, but do 75 hard. Like, yeah. I think it's like a, it's like a standard now and I just do it. And people don't know that I'm even doing it right now. Cause I'm not talking about it Yeah. because I have five businesses. I have a coaching yeah. business, two podcasts. I'm traveling. Like we're doing a lot of stuff, 
if I'm not, if I'm not giving myself what I need in the morning, I can't be what I need to my clients or my business partners. And so I, it's kind of my default setting now and it's changed my entire life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's huge, man. And I highly recommend it to anybody to get back on track with anything too. And you always pick up something each time you do it that stays more consistent from the last and time. It's you hard. Did it. It's it hard. is hard. Yeah. I'm not eating. I'm not eating. Wise, I'm not hard. eating gluten right now. And let me tell you something. Try to travel and not eat gluten. Dude, some days I don't eat. You know, it's like whatever, yeah. dude. Like, hey, this yeah. is where we're at. You know, and but it's like it's that constant training of the mind. I, I love. It. Yeah. Keeps yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. It's a definitely clarity for sure. Let's wrap this up real quick. Um, I always get into personal questions. What about you personally? You're building amazing companies and coaching that you continue to grow each and every day. What lessons have you learned throughout your journey that we should all apply to our own business, our own lives to help us grow? Number one thing that people say about me that resonates with them. And the reason I get clients is they said that you're authentically you. It goes, there's no BS. You're just being yourself. And he goes, you know, and not to mention, I don't have a good poker face, but I think that everybody needs to strive to be as close to themselves as possible because understand this, um, you want to know how you get rid of competition? You just be authentically you because nobody can be you. And and that is my hope for everybody out there. Love that. Yeah, love that. I always get something different every time with that question. That's why I love that question. I say that every time too, but it's, that was, yeah, that's awesome. Let's talk about your future too. I always talk about people's past. So where will we see Austin in the future 10, 15, 20 years from now? Uh behemoth we're building something that scares me and so if it scares me then then we know it's where we need to be and yeah and we're what we're really trying to do right now is we're really trying to create an ecosystem of uh support for amazing human beings um to to support them on their journeys to be small business owners we're, we're looking at creating kind of an incubator for lack of a better word uh, where we buy companies, support our employees in, in creating their own companies and giving them the tools necessary and funding and all this stuff. Um, so that's something I'm building right now with a, with a business consultant partner of mine. Um, you know, for me, um, I, I told myself uh, I'll be 40 at the end of this year. I told myself that I'm going to give myself 11 years to build like an animal, like till I'm 50. And then um, sell what I don't want to keep and, and keep what I do or put somebody in charge. And then I'm going to spend the, the rest of my life um, giving uh, middle school, high school kids uh, financial literacy and mindset and health training nice. uh, and, and investing in their businesses. And, and I think that we have, uh, in order to go and fix what we need to fix, we need to fix uh, education. We need to fix, yeah. um, we need to, you know, I see education more as a specialized training. Like if you want to learn construction, you learn from Bill. If you want to learn marketing, you learn from a guy that actually has a marketing agency, not a teacher. And so it's something that's a business plan in our portfolio. And it's something that I'm, I'm really going to drill down hard on. And, uh, and, and my dreams scare me and make me sweat. And so I know I'm headed in the right direction. It's a good way. Yeah, it's a good way to put it too. I, I agree with you too. Education needs to be revamped. It's like even with the construction side of things, they used, they took like construction tech, stuff like that out of schools. I, when I was in high school, they had it. And, um, I enjoyed that class too. And, and other, other opportunities need to be in there as well that they've pulled out and it just needs to be revamped. But I see, I see, like you said, specialized, specialized education should be, it's probably going to shift to that where it's actually you need business professionals that are part of the trade teaching the trades or teaching have those to. specific things have to dude there's nothing i get more excited about than like one of my partners or one of my friends kids and they're like hey do you want to you get you mind talking to him i'm like oh my god dude like yes i'm gonna tell you everything they won't tell you in school and i'm gonna tell you exactly what you need to be focused on and, and i just leave those conversations just on cloud nine, because, you know, I wish that somebody would have grabbed me at 17. You know, mm -hmm. I got rich dad, poor dad at 17 and that changed my life. But, you know, I wish somebody would have, would have took me under their wing and been like, no, dude, relationships are the currency, you know, stand on your values, be good to people and everything will work itself out. If I would have known that at 17, that's oh, the only thing yeah. I would have focused on. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be light years <laughs> ahead. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I was more focused on girls partying. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, last question, what this show's all about. What exactly do people need to look for when choosing a mindset coach, investing coach, or partner in investing, and why should they choose Austin as their go-to? Well, you don't have to excuse me, so I'm not even going to answer that because I, I, <laughs> I don't have an ego, but, but, but mainly from a coaching, mentor, business partner point of view, and I've, I've been in failed business partnerships, and I, we're building this new business, and we're building it on principles and values, and we haven't even talked about what type of business we're doing yet, and I think that's why I know we're in the right place. And, and so understanding that the people that you're in business with or the coach you hire, or the mentor, the, 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 the mastermind that you join, do they have the same values as you? Like, I'll never take advice from a billionaire who's 80 pounds overweight and treats his family like shit. So you hmm. got to have the full package with me. And so I am going to keep it real. I'm going to get up in your grill. I'm going to love you when you need to get loved. And then I'm going to slap you across the face when you need to get slapped across the face. And we don't have an option but to uh, help you. And, and people don't understand that I'm not coaching you. I'm coaching your family. I'm not coaching you. I'm coaching your spouse. Because if I make you the best version of yourself, then that's going to radiate in your family and your spouse. And so I have a new barometer for coaching. And this is the only thing that matters to me. It's not even about the money. I don't even care. When the wives of my coaches text me that don't know me and they say, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. That's when I know I'm good. So that's how I roll these days. Mm. So that's happened like four or five times. So I know we're in a good place. So <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely knowing you're in a good place. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Awesome, man. This has been awesome. I'm glad to return the favor have you on. I knew this was going to be a great episode too. Last thing real quick, where can people find and connect with you? Yeah. So you go to austinlenny.com, L-I-N-N-E-Y. You got my podcast. You can reach out to me. Hit me up on Instagram, Austin Lenny. Shoot me a DM and uh, I'll totally respond. I love to talk to everybody. Appreciate this, man. This has been awesome. I appreciate you coming on today. All right. Thank you, Bill. I really appreciate it. All right, guys, thank you all for listening, and I'll see you all on the next one.